this summer at Holy Cross, we are diving into the book of Psalms. We'll be looking at the different types of Psalms and the themes that are contained in this book as a whole. We especially want you to learn about how we as believers can relate to the emotions in the Psalms and learn to pray through those in your everyday life. Join us now as we unpack another Psalm. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Not everyone who says to me, Jesus says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. The Gospel of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, we do ask that you would give us your Holy Spirit this morning to open your word to us, that we might find ourselves the wise builder, building our life upon you, upon your word, and upon your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, please be seated. Good morning again. Uh, so we're uh, starting a sermon series, a summer sermon series. I dare you to say that fast three times. Um, we're starting a summer sermon series this morning called Let's Be Honest, Praying the Psalms. And so as I was thinking about being honest, it is indeed the best policy. I was reminded of a story about little Johnny. All little church stories are about a boy named Johnny. I don't know why it is. Every time I find one, it's about little Johnny. Um, So there was a boy who came late to Sunday school, knowing that he was usually very prompt. The teacher asked, Johnny, is there anything wrong? No, ma'am, not really, he said. I was going to go fishing, but my daddy told me that I needed to get up and go to church. The teacher was very impressed and asked Johnny if his father had explained to him why it was more important for him to go to church rather than to go fishing. Yes, ma'am, he did, Johnny said. My daddy said that he didn't have enough bait for the both of us. (laughs) It's at this moment that Johnny's dad would certainly wish that he were just a little less honest, right? So this summer, we're going to be looking at the Old Testament book of Psalms. Now, if you've spent much time in the Psalms, you know just how wonderful they are. The Psalms, they're a collection of 115 transparent and honest poems that largely consist of prayers and songs acknowledging the realities of life, praising God, and encouraging faith. They have been read in public and private worship for thousands of years by Jewish and Christian people alike. 
The Puritans, they called them the book of Psalms. They called them the soul's medicine chest because they invite us to be honest about the various emotions of life that we are experiencing at the time. And then they point us to Jesus. The Psalms, they will transform you in the way that you see the world. In his book, The Case for the Psalms, N.T. Wright, uh, Bishop N.T. Wright, uh, writes this. He says, there stands in history an entire world in which Jewish people were singing and praying the Psalms day by day, month by month, allowing them to mold their character and to shape their worldview. Every major Anglican prayer book, the one that we used in the Episcopal Church, our ACNA prayer book, has printed the entire Psalms, the entire book of Psalms in them. And in the introduction to that in the ACNA prayer book, it says this, that Anglicans at the time of the Reformation established the entire Psalms, the entire book, the Psalter, that it should be read in daily prayers in a complete month. They thought that the Psalms were so important that that we should read them in their entirety 12 times a year. So these Psalms are really important. Jesus quotes them more than any other book in the Bible. And they're generally recognized to be of three types. There are hymns, there are laments, and there are thanksgivings. And depending on the theologian that you uh, look to, even these three can be divided into numerous other genres. There are psalms of praise, there are psalms of remembrance, there are psalms of trust and psalms of confidence. And each one will help you be honest and teach you how to pray. And so as we learn about the Psalms, as we spend the summer exploring them, I am confident that like most Christians before us, you will, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer, find that as you pray them, you will find a more simple and rich prayer life. And so our invitation to you this summer is to join us in being honest, completely honest, even if that means sometimes you'd be rather be fishing. All right. So let's be honest and pray the Psalms. So you like that, huh? Um, I'm a terrible fisherman, so I'd never rather be fishing. Um, so uh, the first Psalm that we begin with is Psalm number one. It's appropriate that we would start at the very beginning of the book. And Psalm number one is a Psalm of wisdom. Now, wisdom literature is a genre that's found throughout the ancient world, throughout the Jewish faith and throughout Christianity. And it's characterized by instruction that is based upon experience, tradition, and sometimes just the way the world works. And certainly it's often marked by a comparison between wise and foolish people. And so in Psalm number one, we find that it highlights Judaism's unique contribution to this wisdom genre. And that is this, that true wisdom has its source in God. And so as we begin, it is appropriate for you to ask the question, where do you find wisdom? Now, if you think about that for a minute, if we were to make a list on a whiteboard, it wouldn't be surprising to me that that list would be long and it would be diverse. We seek wisdom from parents. 
We seek wisdom from sage, older people with more experience than us. We seek wisdom from authors. Some of you seek wisdom from your news outlets. Not sure that's always advisable, to be honest. (laughs) I know some of you even find wisdom at the Chinese restaurant. You know, you get to the end, you crack open a little cookie, and you go, whoa, that's profound. You put it in your wallet. I'm not going to ask. Somebody here has one in their wallet. There's no, you know, sometimes they're really deep. We find wisdom in all kinds of places. Well, we seek wisdom in all kinds of places. But do we truly find wisdom there? What the first psalm does is it introduces us to biblical wisdom. In it, we find how to be a wise and blessed person. When things are uncertain, when your life is out of control, when your future is unknown, here's what we find. That the wise Christian is the constant Christian. The wise Christian is the constant Christian. And so Psalm number one begins with this. It begins with the beatitude. Blessed is the man. There's not a more appropriate introduction to the entire book of Psalms. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be truly happy, then read and pray this book. See, we all have a desire to find and experience true happiness. We all look for it in all kinds of places and all kinds of things. But all of them, if they're not the wisdom of God, if they're not the wisdom that comes from him, if they're not his ways, will leave us empty. The psalmist explains that the wise Christian is the constant Christian. And he or she is cautious, cultivated, and constant. And those are our three points this morning. The wise Christian is constant, is a constant Christian. She, he, she or he is cautious, cultivated, and constant. So let's begin. The wise Christian is cautious. Now, the Psalms are beautiful. They're poetry, right? And as such, they're full of imagery and metaphor. These help us as Jesus' disciples to see and engage with our emotions, with our experiences, and with God himself. Psalm 1 tells us that the wise person is cautious by avoiding three destructive postures. And those three postures are these. The first one is to, to avoid is this. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. See, the wise, cautious Christian seeks counsel from trustworthy sources, right? You cannot expect and experience true blessing. You can't be truly wise if you spend all of your life walking with those who have not trusted in or are not walking with Jesus. You can't walk in the counsel of the unfaithful and expect to be strengthened by this. The second posture to avoid is this. Don't stand in the way of sinners. You see it there. We're still in verse 1. Don't stand in the way of sinners. We cannot hope to avoid sin if we're standing in the middle of it all the time. It is going to have its effect on you negatively. 
Essentially, the cautious Christian avoids the way of sin. You know, when I was getting serious about uh, walking with the Lord after college, I found myself stumbling and getting hurt over and over again. The thing was, is that in my heart, I decided that I was going to walk with Jesus. But in my life, I decided that I was still going to be walking with my friends. Right now, I love my friends. Many of them uh, are, are wonderful people have grown out of that phase. But during that phase, their life was miserably full of sin. And so I would find myself walking in the standing in the midst of them. And guess what? I would then fall into the same sin. You see, the wise Christian is the cautious Christian. And we guard ourselves from standing in the way of sin. We seek to protect ourselves. The third posture to avoid is don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, what we're seeing is an increase in this one verse of of severity. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. That's sort of transient. Don't stand in the way of the sinners. That's like, hey, I'm going to stick around for a while. And then don't sit in the seat of scoffers. So it's like you've decided that you're going to make your home in the seat of scoffers. Now, uh, the synonym for scoffer is the constant or excuse me, the consummate fool one who has completely rejected God and has open contempt for him to be blessed to be wise you cannot sit down with those people who have open contempt who are openly mocking the Lord now let's be honest imagery is a powerful tool and already if you're thinking about it you might be recognizing the places where you might not be as cautious as you need to be. And see, what Psalm 1 does is that when we're honest, when we recognize this, it should lead us to pray, God, help me to recognize, help me to see where I need to change where I walk and where I stand and where I sit. And then help me to choose wisely the alternative. And this is where the psalmist goes now. The wise Christian is not only cautious, but is cultivated, is cultivated. It's a contrast. The blessed person, the wise person's delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he or she meditates day and night. You see, wise Christians, they delight and meditate on the instruction of God that we find in the Bible, right? It's the contrast to the wicked, the sinner and the scoffer who are at best, ignorant of God's instructions, and at worst, have open contempt for it. The wise person realizes that to do God's will gives us true joy, and therefore we meditate unceasingly on what he demands from humans. And this becomes the very thing that we strive for. We cultivate this in our daily lives. We delight in his instruction And there in verse 3, we find what happens to us when we do. The wise Christian is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaves do not wither. In all that he or she does, they prosper. What an incredible image of peace and life. You will be a strong and healthy tree. You will be sustained by rich, fertile, moist soil. You will be planted by streams of water. 
Every time I think of water in the Bible, it makes me think of John chapter 4, where Jesus is at the well with the Samaritan woman, and he says to her this, Everyone who drinks of the water, of this water, the water in the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give them will become in him or her a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is the image that we see here in Psalm number one. The tree planted by streams of water will never thirst and will bear fruit in its season and its leaves. They will never fade. Now, let's go with the image here. Leaves that never will fade is eternal, right? What the psalmist is saying is that you will wisely be if you are a wise person. If you as Jesus, like Jesus says, build your house on his rock, he will plant you by living water. He will nourish your soul. You will bear fruit in life and your life will never fade, will never fail. This is an Old Testament definition of Christian discipleship. The blessed person, the one who's following Jesus, is listening to his words, is planted by streams of living water. This person will be cultivated in him and formed in him so that he or she will bear fruit in season, so that he or she will uh, fulfill his mission. That's our definition of discipleship. The wise Christian is the cultivated Christian. Finally, there's a beautiful constancy in this image. Christian men and women are blessed through constancy. In a world that moves at the speed of light, we often want quick fixes to enormous problems, right? And what God is saying to you and to me is this. If you want to experience true blessedness, if you want to be truly wise, if you want to be like the tree planted by streams of water, if you want to bear fruit, then this comes with ongoing faithfulness. The wise Christian is the constant Christian. They meditate on God's instruction day and what? Night. They don't just meditate on God's instruction at uh, whatever time it is, 10.05 or 11.05 on Sunday morning. They meditate on his word day and night. There's a constancy to it. Think about the image here. Trees bear fruit in real life after they've been planted for a long time. If you ever tried to grow an orange tree, you know, it might take five or six or so years around here if it even lives. Uh, It might take five or six years before it even begins to produce fruit. And in that time, it'll have consumed a lot of nourishment and consumed a lot of water, right? The same is true for us as Christians. Uh, Patrick Reardon writes in his book, Christ in the Psalms. He says this, the life of Christian prayer and meditation knows nothing of instant holiness. It comes with constancy, day in, day out, one step in front of another. If you want to be wise, if you want to bear fruit, then walk in the counsel of the wise. Then stand in the way of the saved and sit in the seat of the saints and do it every day. The psalm, it finishes with a couple of warnings that basically say this, that the unwise, the wicked will perish. 
The reformer Martin Luther said that the Psalms are the Bible in miniature. And as such, you should expect to find Jesus in them. And we do that in this psalm. The truly blessed man, the one that verse 1 talks about, is actually Jesus. He's the one who perfectly fulfills God's law and his instruction. He's the one who offers us living water. He is the one that that is the tree of life. He is the one who bears fruit. And the fruit that he bears is you and me. And so I want to begin this summer sermon series on the Psalms. That made it even harder. (laughs) By inviting you to pray. Let's be honest and ask God where it is that we're actually seeking out wisdom. How cautious am I, you might ask him. And then ask him to help cultivate in you a love for his word and for his ways. And ask him to plant you and give you, plant you by and give you living water. And I promise you that he will change our lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do ask that you would lead us in prayer as you lead us in everything. Lord, would you show us where it is that we are actually seeking out wisdom that you might lead us to be cautious that you might cultivate in us a love for your instruction and cultivate us the life of a healthy tree bearing fruit whose leaves will never fade lord would you make us wise and blessed in you and it's in jesus name we pray amen